1: online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.
0: We're in that part of the summer where things are getting a little more quiet on the Grizzlies side. But recently, we've caught up with Desmond Bang, David Roddy, and Jaron Jackson Jr. So we got to talk about all the recent updates that those players have given us for the summer. Coming up right here on Locked On Grizzlies. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast
1: Network. Your team every day.
0: Everyone, and welcome back to Locked On. On Grizzlies, I am your host today, DeMichael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal, right here in Memphis, Tennessee. Going solo, Joe Mullaney's getting the well-deserved day off, and want to thank you all for tuning in to Locked On Grizzlies today. Make sure you continue to find us each and everywhere, uh, wherever you like to tune into your podcast, wherever you like to listen, wherever you like to watch. Locked On Grizzlies is there: Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. You can find Locked On Grizzlies everywhere, just like the air. Thank you for tuning in on today. And as I alluded to in our opening, uh, we've caught up with a few Grizzlies players in recent days. And now I have a lot of just updates in terms of Desmond Bain, in terms of Jaron Jackson Jr., in terms of David Roddy, and just what's been going on uh, with the Grizzlies of late. We start off with Desmond Bain. Of, that's where we're going to start off in our first segment. We'll talk Jerry Jackson Jr. And we're going to talk a little Santi Aldama too, because instead of just talking about what those players have been up to as of late, we're going to talk about FIBA and their usage uh, potentially in those tournament. I, uh, Zach Kleiman had some real interesting comments to say about that. We'll get to that later. And then we'll talk about David Roddy's uh, summer work. I caught up with him yesterday at the Shelby County Pro-Am and uh, we had a good talk. So we'll talk about that as well. But, Desmond Bain, I think it's the most noteworthy thing to start off here because we got a health update. We got a health update on Desmond Bain. And again, there were never, there there was never a point where I would say it wholeheartedly felt like uh this toe injury, you know, when he when he got the procedure done at the at the uh start of the offseason and whatnot, it never felt like uh Desmond Bain could miss the beginning of this upcoming season. But as things kind of lingered on, uh, I started to wonder, like, would he be there for the beginning of the preseason? Is he going to be able to have, you know, a regular preseason going into the NBA season? And I think we got our answer on that yesterday. And the answer is yes. Uh, Desmond Bain, talking to him, he basically said that he's doing everything but five-on-five five at this point, which is a great sign because it's the beginning of August, which means, you know, He'll be doing five on five, I'm sure, before this month ends, which will put him in line because the Grizzlies uh, aren't going to return to practice until the beginning of October. So uh, he has basically two months until the season starts, and and Desmond Bang feels fine. Now, the reason this is noteworthy because, if you remember, when we were talking about Team USA a couple weeks ago, we did a show, and Desmond Bang, couldn't play for Team USA this year because of the toe injury and and the procedure. And where my mind immediately went at that time was Team USA's games don't really start until August 25th, first official game. Of course, they have all the tune-ups and whatnot. But August 25th through September 10th, it's like, they don't think he'll be healthy enough for that. I mean, that's two, three weeks before preseason practice opens. But – All signs are pointing towards Desmond Bain being healthy. And we asked them some pretty interesting stuff because you remember at this point last year, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. was getting healthier. But, of course, his injury was a little bit different. It was a stress fracture injury, which I've said in the past, uh, a lot of those stress fracture injuries can be caused from overusage. So even though Jaron was physically feeling okay uh they had, the Grizzlies that is, the Grizzlies had to take their time a little bit more because that's a sensitive injury if you want to just go off the history of how those stress fractures work. But in the case of Desmond Bain, what he can learn from Jaron Jackson Jr. is how Jaren, uh used that situation. so uh, yeah, my foot is hurting pretty bad, but he was able to focus more, you know, on his upper body and things like that, and still had a productive offseason. And Desmond Bain we was talking talking to him, for one, he looks like he slimmed up a little bit. And and he said it himself, he's like, yeah, I'm you know, I'm trying to slim up a little bit, not too much, and we'll get to why in a second. But Desmond Bain has slimmed up a little bit as well. And uh he said that a focus for him this summer has been his body, which is important because you remember last last season, well before this past season, a couple of seasons ago, Uh, Desmond Bain ended the year he had the back problems he said it was a big priority for him to come back and you know be better prepared to play for the long haul to play 82 regular season games and all that and then the toe injury happened it was the first major injury in Desmond Bain's career I think he never missed a game at TCU and then with the Grizzlies he's never really missed real time I think he was in health and safety protocols uh, a couple years ago when uh, the pandemic was at its height but overall Uh, Desmond Bain has been pretty healthy throughout his NBA career, but he's found ways to kind of maneuver through this situation, focusing on his body when he wasn't able to do much basketball activity. But that's over now. Uh, Des is doing a lot of basketball activity, and he has an understanding of his role because earlier I mentioned, I mentioned that Desmond Bain is slimming up a little bit. And when you hear that, say, okay, Desmond Bain's slimming up a little bit. Why? Well, for one, uh, he, he looks like just from when I say, him, he's just just toning some things out. It's 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 not any major difference. Like he still is gonna be knocking dudes out of the way when he's driving to the rim because he still has those big broad shoulders and whatnot. But uh, I think Desmond Bain just being you know in, in top tier shape is gonna be is gonna bode well for the Grizzlies from the standpoint of he's gonna play a lot of minutes probably at the one. He's gonna play a lot of minutes at the two for sure. But I've said in the past, Desmond Bain in certain lineups, remember we'll talk more about it later, you know, the Luke Kinnard question, does he start, uh, does Jake Laravia start, does Zaire Williams, does David Roddy, whoever the case may be. But if you start Luke Connard, you may slide him to the two. And then you would put Desmond Bain at the three because physically he's better equipped to handle those bigger matchups when you play against those teams uh, that have you know more natural size small fours guys who are six six and up and and have you know a, a decent decent size 210, 220 pounds or more Desmond Bain is better equipped to defend those guys uh, than Luke Kennard at this point so I expect him to be a guy who's gonna play you know some minutes at small four and asking him about that he said basically that he's always been a player. Who's willing to play any position? And I mean, if you watch Desmond Bain play at this point, you've seen him at point guard, you've seen him at shoot guard, you've seen him at small forward, and so forth. So uh, it's no surprise that he's willing to take on a, you know that type of role and a bigger role. But also, there's this selflessness to Desmond Bain that I think you know we'll talk more about it as all season goes on. But when Jaws out, everyone's you know even me, I've talked a little bit about how it can. It can be a real big time for Jaron Jackson Jr. to solidify himself as one of the power forwards in NBA. Not, not just, you know, oh yeah, Jaron's top 10, but he's a top, he's one of the top defenders, but offensively. No. This is the time for Jaron Jackson to solidify himself in that conversation with the elite of the elite power forwards. Guess what? I'm not gonna say it's Desmond Bain can. Solidify himself in the elite conversation, but Desmond Bain can solidify his mark as one, uh, as basically one of the top shooting guards in the NBA. I think this is a great time, chance for him to do that. When you look at Desmond Bain, uh, and when he got his contract extension, remember a lot of you may not be on social media like that or or whatnot. But when when Bain got his contract extension, it was kind of some mixed opinions, you know, just from even you know from the analyst side. Uh, some people were surprised. and I had talked on this show previously about Desmond Vanne potentially getting the max. But some people were surprised at that. Now this is Des' chance to show them, like, hey, yeah, I deserve this. I think he's going to have a bigger role on the ball. He's going to have a bigger role off the ball. That selflessness that I mentioned, and what am I referencing? Because I talked to him, and we were asking him about the bigger role. Like, for example, Tyus Jones in the past, when John Morant goes down, when other players goes down, Tyus Jones will straight up say, uh, yeah, since Ja isn't playing or since Dylan or Dez isn't playing, I have to shoot the ball more. Desmond Bain is not the type of guy that's really going to say something like that. Desmond Bain says we all need to step up. We all have to play better while Ja's out and things like that. So uh, I, I see his scoring numbers will go up, but I think his assist numbers will as well, and I look forward to watching Desmond Bang kind of operate in that type of role for the Grizzlies early in that first uh, 25 games or so uh, this upcoming season. Because you remember, Desmond Bain, when he got hurt, yeah, he finished the season averaging 21, 5, and 4 and all that was fine and dandy. Desmond Bain was averaging 25 before the toe injury. A lot of people don't remember that. But, you know, comes with the territory. Uh, Desmond Bain did say that he's going to be watching Team USA really closely and he probably would have suited up for Team USA if health had allowed him to. Speaking of Team USA and speaking of health, we got to talk about FIBA usage. Is there any concern with Jaron Jackson Jr. and Santi Aldama going into FIBA? We'll talk about that next. But before we get to that, I got to talk to you about Ibotta because, look, it's officially the summer. And you know what that means. New season. New clothes, you know, you got your shorts on. It it's been hot. If you're in Memphis lately, we had a heat advisory yesterday. Thank goodness for the rain today to cool it back down. But it's gonna get right back hot out here. But look, your closet shouldn't be the only thing growing when you make these purchases. All you have to do is get. You can get. All you have to do is get Ibotta, and you can get cash back with each purchase. What is that? That that doesn't sound like it makes sense, does it? No, it does make sense. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds. If it's closed, it can be grocery items. You can get cash back on hundreds of grocery items. I'm talking about produce, the personal care, pantry goods, whatever, no matter what you're purchasing, Ibotta can give you cash back. All you got to do right now, head over to Ibotta because Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 off Just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED. That's L-O-C-K-E-D when you register. Again, register to Ibotta and you can get $5 just for trying it out. Where can you find Ibotta? Well, just go to the App Store or you can go to Google Play Store right now. Download the free Ibotta app. Ibotta is I-B-O-T-T-A. Go download the app. Use the code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and that's Ibotta. It's in the Google Play Store or it's in the Apple Store. Go get it right now. Let me know what you think after you get it. Coming up on Locked on Grizzlies, we got to talk about FIBA. We got to talk about Jaron Jackson Jr. and Santiago Stay tuned for that.
1: No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax
0: Live. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies, everyone. I am your host, Michael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal in Memphis, Tennessee. And we're talking uh, Grizzlies in the summer right now, right? Because usually there isn't too much going on in the summer, especially when you get to August. But lately with the Grizzlies, had a chance to catch up with a lot of the players in recent days. And one of those is Jared Jackson Jr. Uh, and his camp, we already talked about that pretty much. But here's another thing. Uh, I recently wrote, if you want to go check out the story on commercialappeal.com, I wrote about how the Grizzlies are preparing uh, Santi Aldama and Jaron Jackson Jr. Were, or how they are prepping for what's to come in terms of those guys being involved in feet. If you're familiar with NBA teams, you pretty much know that NBA teams are very involved in what these guys do away from uh, team facilities in terms of basketball. What I mean by that is, is when you see these guys go playing pro-ams, when you see these guys uh, go play pickup basketball anywhere and all these things, a lot of it has to be approved, you know, by the Grizzlies and, and, and and cleared kind of on all of those fronts, because that can be, there can be some breaches of contracts and things like that. If a guy goes and plays pickup basketball with his friends at, at the local park and gets hurt or something like that. But Getting back to FIBA, a lot of people, you know, I've seen, of course, you, you love to see your your players, and especially in the Grizzlies case. This is going to be such a big opportunity for, you know, the national stage to get their eyes on Jaron Jackson Jr. And then Santi, it's just him going to his third season. It's a big developmental, you know, opportunity. So this is big for Jaron Jackson and Jer- Jaron Jackson Jr. and Santi Aldamo. But some people will say, is the risk worth it? Remember, We were just talking about Jaron Jackson Jr. and overusage kind of contributing to that stress fracture injury, possibly. Uh, That's a big reason for a lot of stress fracture injuries. We'll say that. But basically, those type of situations do exist. But Jaron, Santi, both have been very healthy on the court. But the Grizzlies have no concerns on that front, have no concerns. But what they will do is the Grizzlies are sending personnel out there where Santi is you know, as he preps uh, for the FIBA World Cup with Spain. The sent personnel out there with Jaron as he preps as well. And they're kind of going to monitor the situation. What I mean by monitor the situation, it's not about, you know, protecting guys from injuries and things like that. It's more from a usage perspective. You know, I don't think there's an NBA team that wants uh, their guys playing 35 of the 40 40 minutes or so in FIBA action. Uh, You don't want your guys playing uh, that much. But at the same time, you want to you guys to you know go go get better, go get a lot of playing time on the floor. Uh Zach Kleiman had you know some interesting good comments to say. Here's his is what he said. He said they, as in USA and Spain, are more than open to us sending people out to keep things on the right track, both in terms of body and game. Again, uh sending Grizzlies personnel out there uh to check to make sure. You know, body wise, Jaron Jackson Jr., Santi Aldama, medically, everything's going fine. And then, of course, game. But then he also uh, added uh, later on he said, US and Spain have been awesome to work with. Uh, no concerns. We're excited to see both of these guys, both of those guys, compete on the international stage. So the Grizzlies don't have any concern there. And no, no, should they? If you, uh, a lot of players uh, knocking on wood. It, there aren't too many situations where you know, players go to the FIBA World Cup and things like that, and it becomes a detriment to the NBA season. It's From you know what we know, it's actually been very beneficial to the development, especially the World Cup. If you go back to the World Cup, in, I think 2010, 2014, uh, you go to those years, you will see uh, that the World Cup really served as like a launching pad Uh, for the careers of guys like Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, uh, Derrick Rose. The list really goes on. Uh, It's a huge opportunity. It's going to be a great opportunity for Jaron Jackson Jr. playing on Team USA because he's going to get a lot of minutes. Uh, He's going to probably be the starting center over there because they're not going to play him at power forward as much, uh, probably matchup depending. And then it's going to be great for Santi as well. Santi's playing on a deep Spain team, so not sure what his exact role will be Maybe he gets starter time. Uh, maybe he comes off the bench and just plays a prominent role off the bench. But either way it goes, bottom line is the Grizzlies don't have uh, too much concern there with Jaron, with Santi. It's it's just going to be a great opportunity. And personally, I'm looking forward to seeing those guys face off. I actually talked to Dez about that as well. We were asking Dez, you know, who do you think is going to win that matchup? You know, I asked him, like, you've seen it in practice, but – You know, it's. I feel like Santi has the home court advantage in a way in international competition, even though I know Jaron Jackson Jr. has been involved in Team USA basketball since he was 15 years old. He's a Team USA, you know, him playing his first year on the big, I guess, the big Team USA team. This is nothing new to him. He's played with Team USA, he was on the select team. He played on the the under, I think under under 19, under 18, under 16. He's played on a lot of these team USA teams. Uh, but with that, with all that being said, Santi uh has the Spaniard background in. And you know, if you watch how a lot of inter- international basketball has been played, a lot of it traces back to the Euro League and Spain and what goes on over there. So excited to see how that plays out. Uh Dez wouldn't, you know, tilt his hand in either direction. He basically said he he can't wait to watch it because it's been a while since he's been able to watch some good basketball. And he said, hey, he hopes Team USA wins. So we'll see what happens on that front uh, with Team USA, with with Santi, with Jaron Jackson Jr. But a lot of exciting times ahead as those guys recently started camp. I know Team USA opened up camp, I believe, on Thursday. Spain is already a. all their players are out there as well practicing, getting ready. And in a week or so, I think it's August fifteenth is the day, we'll have a Spain versus Team USA exhibition game. Uh not sure if both guys will, will play because I know f- for you Team USA, that'll be the second game. Uh it'll be a, it'll be a back to back. It'll be the second game and the second day. So we'll see, you know, who exactly plays, who's available and whatnot. I'm sure Team USA will do some lineup movement things and all that. But I wanna see Santi versus Sharon. I think it'll it'll make for good TV, uh, not just uh, for them, but for us in the Grizzlies world over here. But that's enough on those guys. I caught up with David Roddy at the Pro-Am. Let's talk about that coming up after the break.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies, everyone. I'm your host, the Michael Cole, beat writer for the Commercial Appeal here. Going solo today, I decided to wear my green shirt today because I've, I've never seen Joe wear green, so I, I, I couldn't wear this shirt on a, a, a duo episode. We're trying to get our colors a little bit more in sync uh, here late. So I, I went with green today because I've never seen him wear green. So I could I could I could pull the green out uh, while Joe isn't around. But uh, I went to Memphis Pro Am. Uh, Shelby County Pro Am League has uh, been fun to watch this year. Uh, a lot of pros have come through there. And if you think about Memphis, I think we've seen Antonio Cleveland uh, prepped that Overton at a point, but he uh, played for the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA. He was out there recently. Cameron Payne, a former Phoenix Sun, now uh, with the San Antonio Spurs and after a recent trade. He played a few weeks ago. Kennedy Chandler, as I mentioned before, uh, played, played last week. And then, finally, a Memphis Grizzlies popped up. So uh, talking to David Roddy. What made you come out to the program? Well, it's that, oh, he saw he saw a campaign, he saw Kenny Chandler come. It's okay, so the NBA guys are playing over here. Well, let me go get some action in. Uh the gym was was pretty pretty excited to see David Roddy get on the court. You know, you got the on-the-court, the competitors, the guys who want to go at the NBA guy. But off the floor, it, it, it was a great scene at the Orange Mound Community Center. Uh, just talking to David Roddy, I think he finished with 19 points in a game, threw down some big dunks. Uh, got one off one. Uh, Will Douglas used to go to SMU, uh, threw the ball off the backboard, and David Roddy came behind him and tomahawked it. And people were like, Yeah, that's that's why he's in the NBA. But uh, just David Roddy, just in terms of his development and his stage, we we're talking a lot about that. Saw him in the pro-am because. One thing about pro-ams is you'll see NBA players when they play do a lot of things that if you go back to previous regular season, especially the younger guys and more so with big men, uh, big men in the NBA than anything like centers and power forwards. But you see those guys do a lot of things that either they're not allowed to do in the NBA or they just don't do. So I was trying to watch for what was David Roddy going to show? that we really haven't gotten a chance to see it because in some cases it can be, a, it can be an indicator of, you know, what a player could potentially be like you put it out in the am, Okay. This could come in the future. We've seen it in terms of, you know, big man. Like I remember seeing Carl Anthony towns, you know, shoot a bunch of threes before he got to the NBA and, and in, you know, turn pro am games and things like that. And uh, I think recently one that's been kind of going viral is Mitchell Robinson, you know, him doing all the dribble moves and and shooting, you know, in the summer off sessions and then uh, not using it in the NBA. But David Roddy, for one, he he had the ball. Uh, I, I mean, he had a tight, quick dribble that he was using to try to get past guys, and that was something that i have known him to have. If you watch David Roddy with the Grizzlies, you're going to see a lot of, you know, one dribble, get to the rim, quick decisions. Now, the Grizzlies do try to do the .5 uh, style of basketball. If you're not familiar with the .5 system, this is kind of something that, you know, the the Spurs uh, really emphasize uh, during their glory years. I know Monty Williams is another coach. When he was in Phoenix, uh, he would talk a lot about .5 basketball, even before he was in Phoenix. He was coaching else, other places as well. .5 basketball was a big emphasis uh, to him as well and we've heard taylor jenkins and john Morant say the grizzlies like to play 0.5 basketball it's basically uh making a pass within 1.5 seconds making a decision within 1.5 seconds not 1.5.5 seconds of getting the basketball so quick decisions because as coaches like to say the ball moves faster than the defense uh so david roddy in the program, he didn't have to play .5 basketball. He could play .10. He could play 10 seconds. He could play five seconds. So he dribbled around, you know, did some isolation stuff, and there were some mixed results. A couple times he drove to the rim, lost the ball. He got called for a couple travels and things like that. It's just he was in situations that you don't see with the Grizzlies. But he also made some nice passes, flashed a, a no-look pass he pulled off in transition after going behind the back uh, when a defender tried to reach for the ball. Uh, he was pushing the ball in tempo with push, pushing the ball in transition, which I think is huge because if you watch Desmond Bain this past year, one of the biggest areas of growth with him was he pushed the ball in transition this year and really put himself in position uh, to have a lot of success. So the Grizzlies, no matter who gets the board, if it's one of those guys who can push it, you've seen it with Zaire Williams, we've seen it with Des, we've seen it with John Conchar, uh, they will let you push the ball if it results in quick, easy points. Seems like David Roddy is someone who can get comfortable, more comfortable in that role based off what I saw. Uh, we've seen, we've talked about, even before the regular season game start last summer, uh, the way he ran the floor stood out to me. Uh, David Roddy runs the floor very well, and uh, the way he ran the floor automatically stood out. But now running the floor with the ball, with the ball in your hands is, is a whole other level. That's something that Desmond Bain, has kind of really grown, and and that's kind of taken him from a 16, 17, 18-point-per-game type guy to a guy who now, I firmly believe, can average 20 points per game every season for the foreseeable future. So David Roddy, what I got is there's there's more potential because I've said this, between Jake LaRavia and David Roddy, two first-round picks, Grizzlies drafted Jake LaRavia first, and they drafted David Roddy uh, with the trade that resulted in D'Anthony Melton being shipped uh, to the Philadelphia 76ers. The thing about David Roddy that we saw is a lot of spot-up shooting, again, one dribble. So to me, he looks like the safer prospect in terms of you know what he's going to be in terms of him and Jake LaRavia. But we've seen Jake LaRavia put the ball on the floor more. The things that I was alluding to, uh, David Roddy doing more, in that setting, in the pro-am setting, we've seen Jake LaRavia do a little bit more of that in, you know, the NBA or in the summer league and things like that. So David Roddy, he, he showed like a – I think he made a fadeaway, uh mid-range fadeaway. He took a couple of them, which showed he's comfortable with it. And if you watch David Roddy's college highlights, uh, that was actually a shot that he took a decent amount. So we haven't seen that much at the league level yet. But it's just to say that don't sleep on big-body Roddy. Don't sleep on him because, from what I saw, there is there's there's more potential there, and maybe it doesn't it maybe it doesn't come out this year, but there is more creation potential from the standpoint of getting downhill, and getting to the basket, and uh, you know scoring from different angles, adding a fadeaway shot and things like that. There's some potential with David Roddy there. We'll see what happens. But appreciate you guys for tuning in on uh, Locked On Grizzlies today. Uh, We'll be back on Monday. Me and Joe Monak should be back, the tandem, as the tandem as well. So we'll get back to you then, and just stay tuned, because there are so many good things coming up. And remember, Locked On Grizzlies is free and available wherever you get your your podcast. Until next time, I'm the Michael Cole. See you on Locked On Grizzlies.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this
0: Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.